Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, July 11th, 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We have two Starseed Quests to Arkansas coming up. First, first one is in August, the 18th to the 21st, for the Harmonic Convergence, and there will be a total solar eclipse as well as a new moon for that one. We have only three spots left for August, but you can still get in. The second one is for Pleiadian Lineup, which is November 17th through the 20th. Um, that's when the gathering is. And another new moon for that one as well. Our Starseed quests seem to be escalating to a new, higher level each time, and it's wonderful to have so many people returning. More than half of our last group were alumni. This is a soul family reunion, and only Starseeds with at least one natal marking at galactic degree are eligible. This event has been redesigned to cover four days, making it much more affordable than the week-long quests were. If you want more info, just write to crystals, that is plural, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S, at starseedhotline.com. Our special guest this evening is Loren Gailey, who is a seasoned broadcast journalist with a mission to enlighten minds, expand consciousness, and open hearts everywhere. In her own spiritual quest for answers, Lauren, Loren followed the call of her own heart and in 2006 aired the first show of Healing Conversations, an online global radio show in which she interviewed many world-renowned healers, spiritual teachers, and new paradigm thinkers who all answered her questions in over 450 shows. The next phase of her show is Quantum Conversations, embodying the knowledge learned in Healing Conversations. Loren says the magic in our lives comes from our passion living in and expressing from the heart and bringing ourselves forth into authenticity. Tonight she'll be talking about the passion matrix, how to discover and monetize your passion. I'm sure that our Starseed audience will appreciate her message and check out her website, acoustichealth.com forward slash conversations. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News bringing topics of interest to star seeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada this evening for hosting the switchboard for anyone who has a question or comment for Loren. You can check out our online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com and it's a safe place to connect with other star seeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with the forum. You can download any of our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. For those who need healing of any kind, emotional, physical, spiritual, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will make a difference. 
If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And remember, if you want a stage two interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it about two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours. So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Let me get your mic open. It's spinning, spinning. Okay. Hey, Anastasia. Good evening, Ariel. Good evening, Starseed listeners. Hello, hello, hello. to be with you this week. Um, Am I on? Can you hear me? Yes. Ariel? I hear you. Oh, Hello? good, good. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Okay, we're good. I can hear okay, you. Yeah, you we're can good to hear go. me. So, we're hooked up. <laughs> Great. Well, there's a big sunspot facing the Earth right now. Uh, it's called AR 2665, and five days after it first appeared, it has finally rotated into what they call a geoeffective geo- position. Now, this huge sunspot is directly facing Earth. AR 2665 is by, by far the biggest sunspot of 2017, stretching more than 120,000 kilometers from end to end. Moreover, it has an unstable beta uh, gamma magnetic field that harbors energy for M-class explosions. And they say any eruptions today, tomorrow would be squarely Earth-directed. Now, however, for the past 24 hours, the sunspot has fallen strangely quiet. So it's not meeting so far the anticipations that astronomers had when it first appeared. Why would that be? Well, there's an article off the Internet that talks about that. It talks about the solar minimum, that the sun is getting quieter, displaying some really weird behavior. According to this article, the sun is going to enter a period of quiet known as the solar minimum. Now, this cycle happens every 11 years routinely and is characterized uh, with decreased activity on the sun when sunspots fade away and produce fewer solar flares. But with this latest period of inactivity approaching, scientists have been monitoring the sun to better understand some of the unusual activity observed over recent years. Now, in a study published in May in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society, a team of scientists from the U.S., the U.K., and Denmark analyzed 31 years' worth of data from the Birmingham Solar Oscillations Network. And they say we're entering a solar minimum, and uh, that will affect global climate uh, possibly. And true to that uh, study published in May, uh, the sunspot a- AR2665 that they had been anticipating a re-up, uh, an eruption from suddenly fell quiet. So, hmm. hmm. All right. Strange, strange behavior indeed from the sun. Well, in Earth news this week, since our last uh, um, program, we've had heat in the western U.S. that's contributed to several wildfires, including one near Breckenridge, Colorado. Now, hundreds of people were ordered to evacuate this popular resort area. It's called the Peak 2 Fire, and it ignited late Wednesday morning and quickly spread to more than 70 acres in just a few hours. The cause of that fire is unknown. Multiple fires are also burning through northern Nevada, including a once 25,000-acre blaze that shut down part of Interstate 80 early in the week. Temperatures have averaged 10 to 15 degrees Fahrenheit above normal across much of the interior west this past week. The most extreme heat was centered over Nevada, Utah, Idaho, and Montana, but even places closer to the coast, such as Los Angeles, experienced above normal conditions for this time of year. 
Now, summertime heat caused disruptions in Wimble- at Wimbledon in London this week after three spectators in the stands fainted uh, last Thursday. Temperatures peaked at 32 centigrade, which is 90 degrees Fahrenheit, on Thursday. Play was actually halted for 20 minutes while medical personnel attended to the fans. And Argentinian player Juan Martin Del Potro received a round of cheers after he passed up a water bottle to the stands. And uh, on the other side of the heat, we've had heavy rain that has led to catastrophic flooding on Japan's Kyushu Island. At least 11 people have been killed and another 14 are unaccounted for, according to Reuters. Hundreds of thousands have been evacuated from Fuoka and Oita prefectures. I don't know if I said that right, prefectures. Roads and buildings have been destroyed after heavy rain fell on Wednesday, last Wednesday. The worst flooding, according to AccuWeather, was in the mountains. Now, in the Philippines... Two people were killed and more than 100 were injured after an earthquake struck in the central Philippines. It was a 5.6 magnitude quake that damaged infrastructure as well. It damaged a power plant and cut off power to much of the eastern region in the central Philippines. And in Montana, there was a rare 5.8 quake there. It was the state's strongest in 60 years, according to the USGS. The quake rattled the region early Thursday morning and was felt as far as Washington, Idaho, and Calgary, Canada. There were no reports of severe damage. And in southern China, they had frequent rounds of rainfall and heavy storms that resulted in widespread and deadly flooding uh, late last week. And according to China's Ministry of Civil Affairs, that, that has been accompanied by hailstorms, landslides, an urban flooding that has impacted over 11 million people. So it's been wow. a very active week, you know, weather, fires, rain, floods, and so on. Well, here is a an article that makes me rub my hands together. Of course, you know, we know this stuff already. I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm sharing with you what physics is beginning to sniff out. Well, there's a physicist out there who wants to find out if the entire universe is conscious. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, in a new paper published by this physicist named Gregory Matloff, has brought the idea back into scientific discussions that perhaps the universe is conscious. And uh, they're promising experimental tests that could validate or falsify. I highly doubt that, but anyway. Uh, validate or falsify the concept of a proto-consciousness field. That's in quotes, proto-consciousness field. Now, this physicist also pushes the controversial idea of volitional stars, suggesting that there is actually evidence that stars control their own galactic paths. Now, I will tell you that in ancient Buddhism, uh, they believe that planets have their own uh, deities, their own consciousness. Each planet is an individual being. So this uh, physicist isn't too far off from what... Uh, many metaphysical cultures have already taught. But anyway, to go on with the story, um, the theory has uh, several prominent adherents, including a British theoretical physicist and um, others. And uh, they say that consciousness results from the quantum vibrations inside of microtubules. Okay, 
Well, another German physicist took the idea further and has proposed that consciousness arises within a quantum vacuum anytime there is a significantly advanced system through which energy flows. And another uh, physicist is claiming that, he's approaching it from a different angle, he is claiming that consciousness is not unique to biological organisms. Well, that too has been well understood in the shamanic cultures forever, that a rock is indeed conscious. But this, uh, this is coming to the fore now uh, in present times, by what this one physicist, Gregory Matloff, is introducing, that is bringing all of these uh, ancient, and really ancient knowledge back into a scientific discussion. Uh, uh, and I don't know, um, you know, they say they're going to validate or falsify. Well, good luck with that. But at least they're bringing it into uh, the open to talk about it. And there are many proponents to the idea that consciousness is pervasive throughout the universe. In fact, it's pervasive in all things. So good for them. Well, a study reports temperature adjustments account for nearly all of the warming in climate data. Now, a new study has found that adjustments made to global surface temperature readings by scientists in recent years are totally inconsistent with published and credible U.S. and other temperature data. They say that climate scientists often apply adjustments to surface temperature thermometers to account for, quote, biases, end quote, in the data. Hmm. Seems to me that adjusting the temperatures might be a bias in and of itself. But the right. new study doesn't yeah. The new study doesn't question the adjustments themselves, but notes nearly all of them, all of the adjustments that have been made, have increased the warming trend. Basically cyclical pattern in the earlier reported data has very nearly been adjusted out of temperature readings that have been taken from weather stations, buoys, ships, and other sources. In fact, almost all the surface temperature warming adjustments cool past temperatures and warm the more current records, increasing the warming trend, according to this study's authors. So there you have it. Well, an 88-pound meteor has struck the moon and caused a massive explosion. They say this meteor had the explosive power of 10 cruise missiles, and it caused a massive explosion that was visible with the naked eye. It was a 56,000-mile-per-hour collision. It was captured by NASA scientists highlighting the danger that planet Earth faces from similar meteors, and it was caused by a space rock weighing no more than 88 pounds. I don't know how they know that, but that's what they said. They said that despite the meteor's tiny proportions, the size of a small boulder, and the weight of an average 10-year-old boy, the impact damage was colossal, and the explosion shone with the brightness of a magnitude 4 star. Wow. So 88 pounds traveling 56,000 miles an hour has a pretty big impact on a planetary object. But there are some people out there, I'm sure, that saw it. With, if they happen to be looking at the moon at just the right place, just the right time, they're on the right side of the planet where it occurred, um, they might have seen it. Wow. Big deal. Well, there's a new study out which reveals that meditation and yoga 
can reverse the negative effects of stress on our DNA. These are called mind-body interventions, or MBIs, and it includes meditation, yoga, and Tai Chi. And this study says these things don't really just simply relax us. They can reverse the molecular reactions in our DNA that cause ill health and depression. And the research, which was published in the journal Frontiers in Immunology, reviews over a decade of studies that analyze how the behavior of our genes is affected by different mind-body interventions, including mindfulness and yoga. And experts from universities have concluded that when you examine the statistics together, the 18 studies over 11 years are revealing a pattern in the molecular changes which happens to the body as a result of mind-body interventions and how those changes benefit our mental and physical health. Wow, that's a very important study, particularly for those that uh, want to engage in these kind of interventions. They may suggest to their doctor that maybe they'd like to take up yoga, perhaps reduce some anxiety issues or blood pressure, and the doctor rolls his eyes. Uh, one can whip out this study and say, look here, see this? It'll help yeah. me. Maybe I, don't, maybe I don't need your pills. Maybe I can try this instead. Yeah. Well, our last story for tonight is a wonderful one. Had you guys heard this? An amazing human chain rescued a drowning family on a Florida beach. Wow. And the story starts that it was supposed to be just a quick trip to the beach. But it almost ended in unspeakable tragedy for a woman and her family. Now, this woman, her husband, her mother, and nephews and sons were enjoying the sun and conditions uh, in Florida near the Miller County Pier. Now, the mother had just left the water, but when she turned around to look for her boys, she noticed they were much further from the shore than she remembered, and she got concerned. She started walking down the beach toward them, and then she heard them screaming. The mother said, They were screaming and crying that they were stuck, and people were saying to me, please don't go out there, don't go out there. Well, the mother wasn't willing to watch them drown, so the mom and her family, all of them, swam out to the children. But the rip current was much stronger than they realized, and despite their best efforts to escape, they became trapped as well. All in all, the woman and nine other people were stuck in about 15 feet of water, the mother included, who suffered a massive heart attack during the ordeal. The mother very nearly died, but she didn't. She's alive today and still in the hospital. Well, as the story goes, they might have all drowned, except another woman and her husband had not decided on a to take a last-minute uh, have-dinner-at-the-beach thing. They decided at the last minute to go to the beach to take their lunch or their dinner. And the woman had uh, happened to grab... On the way to the dinner on the beach, grab a boogie board um, that was actually in somebody's trash. And uh, she saw the boogie board on her way to the beach. She snatched it up in somebody's trash. She was going to give it to her her grandchildren. And uh, they went to the beach. They were sitting on the sandbar. Um, I guess they had finished eating or whatever. And uh, she happened to notice that everybody on the beach was facing a different direction and pointing. Well, the woman said, I thought everybody had seen a shark. And I ran over to the people, and she said, that's when I knew that someone was drowning. 
well, this woman is really a pretty remarkable person. She doesn't let people suffer. She doesn't just turn her back. Apparently, she's from Alabama. And according to the report, she once walked 11 miles after a tornado to help people clean up their houses and put their lives back together. So when she saw this entire family being pulled under in the rip current, she grabbed the bookie board that she got from the trash on her way to the beach and started toward them while her husband and a few other men started a human chain to bring the swimmers back to shore. Now, as she paddled, the human chain grew. Eighty people were stretching over 100 yards out toward the distressed swimmers. Now, some of these oh people gosh. couldn't even swim, but they wanted to help, so they stayed in the shallows. And others stood in water up to their necks, waiting for this woman and her husband to cover that last few feet so they could uh, pass the swimmers to shore. Now, the rescuing woman, the one with the boogie board, said she got to the end of the line and she had enough confidence in her swimming that she finished it. She swam out there and got them and then took them over to the human chain and the people began to pass the drowning people back to the shore. And one by one, starting with the children, this woman and her husband, along with, they say, a few other rescuers, towed the swimmers right to the human chain, who then pulled them all to shore. And this was the most remarkable thing to see, according to witnesses. These people who don't even know each other, and they trust each other that much to get them to safety. Now, looking back, the rescuing woman said that it wasn't so much about what she did to help rescue the family, but everyone dropping what they were doing in order to help. She said, it's wonderful to see how we have our own lives and we're constantly at a fast pace, but when somebody needs help, everybody drops everything and does help. She said, this was really inspiring to see that we still have that because with everything going on in this world, we still have humanity, she said. What a story. Oh, oh my story. gosh. That's, that made me cry. Eighty people chimed in to save these 11 souls out there going under in the water. That's a beautiful story. That is like just, yeah, it's so comforting and so wonderful. Well, so let's all renews, keep that in mind. <laughs> yes. It renews yes, the hope just, for the human race. It renews the yeah. Yes, it does. It does. And a lot of times on the news, you know, I'm reporting things that are somewhat disconcerting, but there you go. I am delighted to share that story with you. It warms the heart, and it does give us hope. And so on sure that does. note, you know, and, and for the note, other, I mean, huh? for the places, for the places in the world that are having, you know, earthquakes and, and floods and things, we bring that to the attention of the audience so that we can all send the, the, the light and the upliftment and the, and the, the loving energies to well, those areas. Absolutely, Ariel. Every week the listeners are forming a human chain of another kind, uh, an energetic chain, reaching out to the people in the areas in distress and right. uh, doing some spirit rescue on that level. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The human chain works more than just in bodies. It works with energy as well. I love so that So that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's really true. Well, um, we'll see you again next week, and I look forward to tonight's show. And from my heart to each one of you, have a beautiful week, and much love to each and every one of you. Keep on shining. I know you do. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia, for bringing us the Starseed News, and that, that story is going to stay with me for a long time. So um, we will talk to you next week. 
Okay. Right now, I am going to um, get Lavender's mic open, and Loren, get your mic open. Okay, Loren, welcome so much to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, well, thank you. I am honored to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure. And um, Lavender, I've got your mic open. You ready to go? Ready to go. All right. Hey, girl. I'm so glad that you agreed to be on our show tonight. I'm, I'm we had this long talk, you and I, the other day, and I've just been waiting to, to have you on our show. So welcome, my my friend. Oh, thank you. I have been looking forward to it as well. It was quite synchronistic how we were introduced, and I love following the signs that way. Yeah, it's it's part of who we are, I guess. So I'd like to ask you to start with telling us a little bit about yourself, maybe when you were younger, when you were uh in in school and grade school did you have things that were happening that made you think you were different on the planet well i guess you could say uh even in my own family i didn't feel like i was in the right family but yet that gave me such a strong drive to go forward uh and so you know um nothing really uh, stands out except for this drive to, I guess, assist in in the planet. I knew there was something to do in that realm, assisting in a in. I didn't know it was a shift until much later, but I knew that there was something here for me to do, and I always loved walking around with a tape recorder and interviewing people, and. So that leads me to the current work that I do today as well. So um, really, I guess my 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 process was something, it, it began in the womb where I came into this incarnation under rough circumstances. My mother was divorced before I was born, and I had a brother and sister, and she had told me this story about when we were moving from Chicago to Colorado, how on the train, I was nine months old, and I would not stop crying. And so nobody could get this little baby to stop crying, even the conductor. And then later in life, as I grew up and had this drive to become a journalist, and um, I went around the world to great places, and I realized I have to look back at that crying baby. Again, this crying baby gave me the great drive in my life, but also there were things that I had to understand about that whole situation. So in my journey to understand that and then having to go through uh, leaving my career of journalism and television news, that was a big shift right around uh, the 28th year. Uh, That was a um, what is that return? You might know, galactic astronomer. Um, it's just a big change. I don't know if it's the Jupiter return, but it's Saturn a big return. Ret- it's Saturn, Saturn return. Well, that shifted everything, and I left journalism. Right, I saw the world of egotistic people and behaviors, even within myself, and I saw how the media was manipulated, how it was controlled depending on the interests, 
and what interests you were up for or against. And so I, you know, I stepped away from that uh, in my late 20s and then began this own journey. It took me a while to really step into my passion and my purpose. You know, that was like a 10-year journey along the way, making that bridge. Uh, But that's really what I'm here to do now is because I look back at who I've come up with in my life, my neighbors, my friends, my family, and I'm always such, I guess I'm a rougher upper because I'm always encouraging people to just go live their passion. And maybe I rattle their cage a little bit, but I really believe in that as people will really be able to express themselves authentically. And when we live our passion and and do what we love, then the money will follow. I know that sounds so cliche, but it absolutely is true. And I hope that someday on your news here, the Starseed News, you'll have many reports of people living that experience. (laughs) Oh, I think that's coming for sure. Yes. Did you have something that happened like a a near-death experience or an aha moment that switched you in in consciousness? Was there something that happened that that jumped you many years in advance? You know, I've been asked this question before, and I always ask it to my interviewees, and I think it was all along, it was all along my life in small little doses. There were things in my teenage years, um, quite personal things, proclamations, claims, commands I made that really showed up. Um, but there was no, there was nothing like that. Um, there is still a possibility of abuse in the years under four years old. And I don't know what that's all about. I have not dug that deep, but I've dug deep enough to see past lives with people involved. And I think what I do is integrate ah, the observer, the observer of that. So, um, no, there was not anything except really when I chose to leave the, oh my goodness, you know, there was a date rape along the way, right? These are like some of the tragic things that do change the course of our life. And, um, when that happened, I met my birth dad and that's what got me over to Taiwan. And that was a whole new 360 degree change in my life. And that's actually where I met my husband, and we were both growing up in Boulder, but we didn't meet until we were in Taiwan on his 30th birthday. So that was another interesting thing. And then we lived on Guam for eight years, and that was beautiful. You know, the honeymoon lasts for a long time um, in a great place, in a beautiful place. But I started to get antsy. I think it was because of the 2000, the year 2000. And I felt like I, like the world was passing me by on the small island of Guam. So we moved back here to the States. Uh, and then we adopted our boy, our son, uh, at birth. And then 9-11 hit. And so that was a little jarring situation where... For the life of me, I could not figure out why people would be that way, why why um, something would happen and be so destructive. So that uh, led me on another little further path. And then um, four years later, 
we were in our business. We had a nice promotional product business, and we had sold the business, but it was still there was still some big debt left over, and we found ourselves out of our house and in a place in a rental house where I was sitting there going, how did I get here? How did I let this happen? I took full responsibility for that. And that was really, in 2005, I think that was the one of the final clenchers for me that really made me take responsibility for what I do. You know, because here I was, after we sold that business, I went to work for the man, and I, I saw myself compromise my dreams and then I ended up in a job where I'd walk in and it was an ink ink shop they would print these big um, you know the outdoor tents for carnivals and festivals and and uh, street markets and farmers markets and we would print the logos on the tents and it was just interesting to be in my own business for so long to go into a business working for the man uh, and there were a couple of jobs that I did along those lines until one day uh, I saw the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? And that just, like, smacked me over the head. And I said, well, we're responsible for what we're creating. And I came home from that girl's trip, and I quit my job, and I just went for it. I sat and I I made the passion matrix. I took all my skills and all my desires and all the dreams and I just put it together into a way that helped me identify what I really should be doing with my life and, and doing the things that flow like the back of our hand, right, that we know like the back of our hand, where we get lost in time. And so um, that was a, you know, there's lots of distractions along the way as we, we know what our passion is, but yet we have to go and put a roof over our head and provide for our family, right? So um, it was just this beautiful process, not so easy, but in hindsight, it was so many different experiences. And then once we get to a certain level, like once I got to the certain level where I decided to, um, I saw myself figuratively on the dock, and I see my dream and what it is, like a sailboat drifting up to the dock to pick me up. And I would be brave enough to hold on to the dock and take one foot and leap onto it, but I'd still be holding on to the dock. And so once I got to that point in my life where I said, well, I gave myself six-week challenges. We can talk about that in a little bit because it's not really anything. It was simply marking a calendar every six weeks so that I could look back and see how I had progressed towards this goal that I had. And that really works in magnificent ways. But one point I got to the part where I could literally see myself jumping away from the dock onto the boat. It took me a while to get my sea legs and to wobble through it and get stabilized. And then... Uh, it was easy, but then after I was starting to sail, let's sail the boat and pull the sheets in, right, and we're cruising, then I found there were so many belief systems. I call it BS. <laughs> there were so many belief systems where then I saw how I was literally getting in my own way with my belief systems. And a lot of it had to do with poverty consciousness. And so... Many of the healers that I interviewed and metaphysical teachers, 
Um, there were two of them that came in. One came in like a sledgehammer and cracked me wide open, and I was actually angry at her for quite a while. And then another one was so soft and gentle, but she was just like, come on, try something. And so then I tried something, and I was just laughing at how I had a belief system about the whole thing, and that really kept me from this greater, like, uh, this greater beingness that's out there, greater potential that's out there. So, so what I feel really, that happened was you went into knowing and you gave up the belief systems. You went into total knowing, right? It wasn't easy to go into total knowing. <clears throat> In fact, there were a couple, <clears throat> even earlier this year, this year earlier, I found myself, actually this year I found myself looking back at myself two years ago, seeing how I overrode my intuition. And so, right, there's, um, I'm still learning intuition, but it is on high right now. And I think these energies, even that we talked about in your Starseed News, how the planet's heating up, we even see the Schumann resonance. Um, that's debatable right now, but we know something's going on. We can see the charts. We have light workers reporting from the field that they're feeling something in their bodies. And so these energies are um, helping us increase that intuition. But, yeah, it is a knowingness, but it took me... It took me some time to get over my left brain and really pay attention to what I do know inside. Yeah. So in 2006, you, you first uh, aired your healing conversation to your global radio show. Tell us about that. You had how many? 450? Oh, my gosh, I've been doing them for so long, and I love that story because it indicates that we just have to do what we love and the rest will follow. The inspiration will follow. The ways to, let's say, monetize that. I think we need a new earth way to say monetize, um, but we can generate support, revenue support by doing what we love. So in 2006, as I started to, this was right after this down in the dumps, looking at my life, going, how did I get here? Oh, my God, how could I let myself get here? And then I took responsibility instead of being that victim, moving out of the victimhood. And I just, I, the, um, the word healing conversation just popped into my head. And actually, before healing conversation, let me back up, it was healing spa and I knew healing spa, but I always figured, how could I bring that together in a physical form with the land and everything? When here I am, I'm a digital person, and I'm a radio person. And then it morphed into healing conversations shortly after that. And so I found Blog Talk Radio, which is beautiful because it's what we're on here right now. And I just started. I interviewed one of my first interviews was Kahu Fred Sterling. And I just went into my reporter role. I was at a seminar of his, and I just went up and asked, right? I, I just, as that journalist, it's so easy for me, even when I was eight years old, to take my tape recorder and go up to people and ask them questions. And so I just put one foot in front of the other, and I started on Blog Talk Radio, and then um I would just do it. I would go interview someone. I was in my media newsroom 
style where you go and you interview someone that day and it goes on that night for the most part, unless you're working on a series where you're going to go interview a bunch of people. But in, in broadcast news, there's a hole in the air to fill every day. Right, And most news stations only have to fill like an hour of time, let alone look at CNN that has 24 hours to fill every day. No wonder we see the same news regurgitating over and over. Um, so here I was in this um, uh, news world or in this news style of programming, let's say, where it was my reaction just to go do the interview and get it out on the air that day. So that was in 2006. And then I saw how the blog talk radio, you know, 30,000 views right here. And I was like, gee, that would be really cool if I had 30,000 people who I could email. So what mechanism do I need to put in place to email, to get these people to email? And then I just began asking the universe, how do I monetize my radio show? How do I monetize my radio show? And at the same time, uh, well, okay, let me back up because I kept seeing, I saw three different women, and they're prominent women. I saw Jennifer McLean, who does Healing with the Masters. It's a telesummit show. I saw Regina Meredith, who was with Conscious Life Media, or Conscious Media Network, rather, beautiful soul, and I saw Carrie Cassidy. These were three women. Carrie Cassidy does the Project Camelot. And so instead of, here's where I got in my own way, instead of thanking the angels and my celestial team for answering my question of how do I monetize my radio show, they gave me three options, right? And I threw my hands up in the air. I remember it was 2007, and I saw boom, 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 one after the other, these three options. And I got so frustrated because I'm a one on a soul path, destiny, career path, numerology-wise, I'm a one. So I am a pioneer. I'm a new um, person. I'm independent. And I was in this programming that it's got to be my way or the highway. I've got to think of something so brand new that if somebody else is doing it, I'm not going to be able to do it. So I threw my hands up in the air, spun around in my chair and said, somebody else is already doing it, forget it. But I kept doing what I was doing. I kept interviewing people because of what I was interested in for my own healing journey, for my past life regression, right? And then it was able, so the questions that I had, they were for the collective as well because everyone has to heal from the matrix, from that 3D paradigm, so I continued for another e uh, few years, and now we're in, was it 2009 or 2010, the Gulf oil volcano, the um, terrible oil gusher in the Gulf of Mexico? I believe that was... 2010. I think it was, was 2010. 2010. That was a powerful year for me. Um, both my parents transitioned from this well realm within three months of each other, and that was just like everything up over my head. Um, so when I saw that volcano gushing, that was a huge call to my soul. I remember driving up in the mountains at 7,000 feet where I lived at the time, and I was bawling and I was crying to the universe as I heard this news, and I said, all right, I'm ready. What can I do? How, how can I assist? 
How can I assist in this awakening of humanity? Because this is ridiculous. I hear your call. And I kept hearing one word, (laughs) one word, very loud and simple, webinars. And I was like, okay, and I'm driving, and I'm like, you're kidding me. How am I going to save the world with webinars? And I just kept hearing the word webinar. Now I know that person was Dwal Cool, one of my major guides. But he was very consistent at the time. He just said webinars. And then as I kept understanding webinars, my mind opened up and I saw, wow, okay, I still doubted it. But I saw, all right, I'll do that. Put one foot in front of the other. So then online healing retreats came about because of that process as well. And then um, I, I just kept seeing the signs. Uh, and, I, and in 11, 11, 11, I went to Peru for that great gateway, and I returned also for 12, 12, 12. And after that first year at 11, 11, 11, we were doing ceremony at some very sacred sites. We were with some local shamans who took us to, I mean, places at these sacred sites that were off the beaten path where we did ceremony. And we honored, there was one part where we honored the beings that were buried there. And it was just so spectacular. And we honored Pachamama. And we prayed and we sent our prayers to Pachamama. Well, I came home from that trip. And I, I, was, I interviewed Jim Self. And he's a great person and he's got such good insight as well. And I was still in that old program of get the interview and go put it on the air that day so I'm in the process of editing this interview getting it ready to put on the air and I heard loud and clear stop and I'm like okay and I saw a couple of steps that I had to implement before I put this show on the air and I'd made those changes and that has revolutionized my business it was quite funny how um, I just saw the directive of what to do and I took the time to do it instead of doing what I was so accustomed to do, like uh, overriding this intuition until it yelled at me so loud and clear, right? And so that was interesting. And then in 2012, I went back to Peru and we were, I think I was expecting some kind of ecstasy fest, like the whole world on ecstasy where they're just in love with everything that they see and every person. And instead, we woke up on at 15,000 feet at the Island of the Sun in Lake Titicaca. I had a splitting headache. I had a crack that chipped in my tooth. I now know there was something that happened. We see it in the sun, in the videos of the sun that we took. Um, But I took it literally. You know, we saw the helicopters buzzing around Lake Titicaca, and I made a comment, well, the powers that be are still in power. (laughs) And I didn't take time to really uh, feel into it. I was too much into my head. Uh, And so after that trip, I came home, and I remember laying on my bed just crying because I wanted this shift to happen in such a deep, deep way, in such a tangible way. And then what I heard very loud and clear is it happens one heart at a time. And then all of a sudden people come to be interviewed. I just come across these beautiful souls, and I'm interviewing, and I realize 
They are the awakening. Here there were people that maybe it was in 2012 that had this incredible experience with a lightning bolt that awakened their pineal gland, or even if it happened earlier in 2010. And then I realized it's just happening, and it happens one heart at a time, and it really is our own journey and our own process here. No one is going to do that process for us, that ascension process. So that's really it. And ever since then, and you know, right around that time, I've got my, I use a dream pad. I've got this big notepad that's like 11 by 14 inches and a spiral bound pad. And I use it to jot down. It's always my working passion matrix. But I always use it like in meditation. Um, After I meditate, I'll sit and ask some questions or what do I need to know, and I'll get a lot of inspiration, and I'll write these things down. And one of the things that I got at that time, especially in 2013, was now you're to help show this passion matrix. You teach what you know. And I overrode that for another, how many, what, another four years? Until just this year when I really started helping people officially, officially mentoring people and it's been so fun because I look back and it's like well look at all the people that I helped my sister my family uh, my neighbors my friends and so that's my big thing now it took me a while to step into that isn't that funny we just we doubt ourselves and so I'm here to remind people that we can tap into this inner passion and just go for it and because we've done it it's so much easier for everyone else now Oh, that's a wonderful story. I want you to, if you would, share with us how your webinar works. I, I, I need some instruction on that myself, so I know that a lot of people listening would like to know how the webinars work. Oh, it's so beautiful. It is really so beautiful. And again, my broadcast journalism perfectionism in the production would be like, you've got to have music and all this fun stuff and create an experience. And yes, you can do that. But it's really a beautiful way to reach people. And so um, I invite other starseeds who are getting their work out there to contact me. If you're already doing webinars, please let me broadcast them on my network. We've got people all around the world that love our online healing retreats. And so there's a couple of different – so what I do is I've got my online show, Quantum Conversations, which is free, and then that happens every day. And so you can go get a lot of uh, different webinar services out there, some of the most common that are good for uh, people doing sessions, group sessions, that you want to do breakout sessions. Um, Zoom is good for that. There's also GoToWebinar. I was with GoToWebinar for like 10 years, and I just ended my relationship with them. They're pricey. It's about, well, I was under, the, I was grandfathered in at $100 a month for 1,000 people, and that's pricey. But there's other systems out there as well. And, again, I've got, um, I've got a free quick start guide. If people want to email me, I've got this really cool guide on the essentials for your website, like what you must have so you can build an email list, and that's full of some really helpful links. Um, 
people can email me. You can go to my website, AcousticHealth.com, and you can contact, fill out the Contact Us form and email me if you want that um, because that's got some great resources. It also has a link for uh, royalty-free music where you can, you know, when we use music, we have to, we can't use someone else's music. You have to give music that's royalty-free where you purchase it. Or there's something called SoundCloud where musicians will uh, remake someone's music. And if it's changed enough and if they allow it to be downloaded, you can use that music in your show, in your program. So there's ways that you can you can get music to use in your show. But really, um, my favorite is Instant Teleseminar. And this is great because it records the program and it leaves it up there, so it's really helpful for people. But um, webinars are just a really great way for people who people who are teachers, for one thing, and I always say this to my husband. He, he helps people uh, import with various uh, countries, China, Mexico, Europe, and even do uh, products in the U.S. And I'm always saying you, you'd be good at doing uh, webinars, which are also the same as podcasts. So what you do right here, this is, this is similar to a webinar. It's just a different system that you use. And a webinar allows you to uh, interact with people. So, Lavendar, I would love to do an online healing retreat with you, which is an event that we do on our platform, and we could go deep into your vaults. We'll talk about that later when you're on my show, but um, I would say webinars are great for healers who, what I find is that healers, they get so, they go on shows like mine, and they get busy, really busy, and then they can't they can't do one-on-one sessions anymore. So group sessions come in. This is good for channelers as well. Um, and then I see people that can do remote healing sessions, and that would be great for webinars too. So you can do a free webinar, or you can do a webinar for a fee. You can do a marathon webinar. You can do a five-week series. You can do whatever you want, and that's the world of webinars. What is the marathon webinar? What is that? Well, you would create it. You would just – so what I do every year uh, for the solstice is I'll do a webinar where I um, gather all the great teachers for solstice, and it's four hours over three days. So for those four – and that's what I call a, a marathon so you could just say, here's a marathon, um, we're going to talk about all these things, and you can make it whatever you want. You set the time. You could say this is going to be four hours, or it's going to be an eight-hour workshop online. We've done that, too. You know, you can certify people online with webinars. It's really beautiful. Wow. I'm not very techie, so that's why I'm asking you to explain it, because I, I hear that a lot of people are doing this, but I've I've never stopped to really think about it or even, you know, so I'm looking through your eyes as you're talking. So I'm going, yeah, maybe we should advance and maybe do something in this area. Yeah. The yes, listeners do you have absolutely. every week? What's that? How many, how many listeners do you have every week? 
Oh, my God, it depends. It depends on actually the topic and the speaker. We can get 10,000 people listening to a show and the, and the replay of that show each week. Um, we'll have a couple hundred people on our live shows, and then we have thousands. I also um, put it up on SoundCloud, too, just for the media player. So we have thousands that listen to the replay and go on SoundCloud. And then, of course, these days you've got... Uh, you know, Facebook Live is something that is interesting. I'm more of a perfectionist where I really like to, maybe I want to edit something and put it out there first or do a little bit of pre-production so people can do that with webinars so that it airs and it broadcasts over the air and you've created it already, or you could do it totally live. And uh, Facebook Live is something where, that's just interesting. I'm playing around with it. Um, but the webinars, you know, the webinars allow you to control the environment, who comes in, who has the registration link. <clears throat> you can also use a PowerPoint presentation or slides so people can see your screen, or it could be audio only. So it's a wonderful field. And... Um, it's good for everybody out there, even people teaching. I mean, you know, you could teach people how to tie shoelaces over a webinar and get your audience. <laughs> okay. Oh, well. <laughs> so in the last year, have you seen the change in, in, in subject matters? Do you, do you find that more and more people are talking about ETs or starseeds or um, – the ET element is what I'm asking you. Do you do you find that that conversations are going in that direction now? Yes, at least for me, because that's where my interest is going as well. And what I've seen lately in the past two years, if not even three, light language. More and more people are speaking light language. They're not knowing what is going on. They're just like starting to speak it, and I find that fascinating. And uh, let's see, the topic, timelines is a hot topic of late. More and more people are talking about timelines, which really is the realities that we choose to live based on our choices in the moment. And so we have higher timelines of Christ consciousness and new earth that we really want to anchor. So let's let that happen as the old timelines fall away. So that means don't watch the news or don't let it disturb you. Maybe let it use you to step up to the plate and say, okay, I see how I can use my passion, how I can use my skills and my talents and what I love doing to create a solution here in the now, right now. So right now we're calling all new earth business leaders for that. So that's a hot topic is really, um, you know, since the election, since our United States is now so divided, even the spiritual, metaphysical, and ufology community is divided in a way. You dare not bring up who you voted for for president because even the spiritual community is divided. And so that's an interesting topic when you look around and you're like, okay, so if it's supposed to be good, if... If our president is a great disruptor, how come things are going like this? And you just have to read the, between the lines and all of it. And what I see is I don't know who to trust right now. 
except for my own inner knowingness. So that's a hot topic. Because when we look outside, <clears throat> if we happen to see the news, which I find myself, I don't turn on the news, I don't look at the newspapers, but the news that I see comes to me because it's supposed to come to me. And sometimes I'll see like a, a headline, and it's like, look at the bias in that headline of that establishment who wrote that. And I look at the news establishment, and it's the Washington Post. And so this is why I don't know who to trust. Um, it seems like the media is against, it, it's against each other. It's, you've got the left and the right media. You've got, um, even, even in the alternative media, it's it, very interesting. And recently, of late, I don't know if it's infiltration by the dark side coming in to discredit or besmirch people who are speaking out, um, but I just don't know who to trust. And so this is where I have to trust my own inner guidance. And so that comes to me through, really through dreams, I guess. Is it, Would that be right? I mean, can we always trust our dreams? If we have a good experience in our dream with a person, but we were looking out at the external world and questioning that person's validity... Does that, to me, that's a big fat yes, that I, right, I guess. Well, what do you I, I would take exception with that because of my training and my, my experience aboard ships and the things that I've witnessed is that sometimes we're Ooh. given a dream as a screen dream so that we can't remember what just happened aboard the ship. So I'm the wrong person to <laughs> to talk to about this because I have such a um, a hard line that I have drawn about dreams because I know that that when I have a dream it's usually a screen dream it's not even real. Well, does it involve someone like in this reality? Like you're hanging out with someone? No, it's not it's not ever about it's never about a person. It's okay. about something very wild and strange and different and just, you know, just to keep my mind uh busy thinking about that and not what just happened. Yeah. See, I can't wait to have a conversation with you because I love going there. I did see a ship. I saw, oh, that was a very big, that, I forgot that as a great awakening moment. Um, uh, let's see, this was in 2009. It was actually, I remember the date. It was January uh, 19, 2009, a day before Obama was going to be inaugurated for the first time. And that day I was out skiing and I was watching the sky, the sylphs. I was really into the sylphs and I was actually seeing them change in front of my eyes and I was just like, wow. And that day we saw a huge, giant, giant cloud and it looked just like a ship. And my husband and I were like, haha. And we were taking photos like, look at the ship. Was he really believing it was a ship? He does, but then there was a little bit of doubt, right? You know, like, mm, it looks like a ship. So anyway, we go home, and we were up uh, living at 7,000 feet and overlooking uh, the plains of Colorado. You could see forever. And it was just turning dark, and we saw this ship way in the in – the, we saw these lights. And we both looked out that window, and we both jumped up and said, look at that. And we turned off the TV, and we turned off all the lights in the house, and this thing came closer. It didn't – we didn't see it move, but every time it re-illumined, 
it was closer. So first it started out like four rectangles, orangish, reddish rectangles that would just like less than a second just illumine and then fade away. And then the next time we saw it, it was closer and it was bigger. And then the next time we saw it, it was like every like, every like five or ten seconds it would illumine and it would be bigger until eventually if I hold my hand up away from my face and I take my thumb and my forefinger far apart from each other, that's how wide this was in the sky. It was huge. And then those four, um, what we thought were four windows, turned into multiple windows and then two rows. I saw two rows curved. And we sat there watching that. And it was just pulsing over us. We were so... We were, I don't want to say scared, but we were so energized, my knees were weak. My mind was like, what's going on? Does this have anything to do with Obama? Right, my mind went crazy. I didn't even think to get my camera. Didn't even cross my mind. So, uh, and then at the last moment, we sat there and we watched it for like 40 minutes. We even went upstairs to where my son, my son was, um, you know, on his bed looking out the window. And we're like, look at that. He's like, yeah, so... He wasn't even interested in it. I thought that was funny. And then when we watched it, it got really bright. It just, like within one second, I didn't hear anything. It just got really bright, and then it went into a pinprick of a bright light and left. So. Wow. And you couldn't think to grab a camera. <laughs> I couldn't think to grab a camera. And my husband, the next day, because he didn't see any eyewitness news reports in the paper, he started to disbelieve what he saw. Oh, no. And I do not let him go there. I'm like, you know what you saw. You saw what you saw. And then I drew a picture of it so I wouldn't forget. And then six months later, I woke up from a very vivid dream, and I was up at 10,000 feet in Vail, Colorado. And this is one of those early morning dreams for me when you wake up and then you go back to sleep. Often that is a very vivid dream when you wake back up. And I was shooken out of my dream state by the feeling of this dream, and this was where silently these three ships came down and they were all multiple color like purple orange and green and it was the shape of a propeller of like a boat like a motorboat and there were three of them with the three little propeller shapes and they just hovered over us and it was outside with these picnic tables and everyone was starting to freak out getting under the picnic tables screaming and i just said no don't freak out we cannot be afraid do not freak out and so then I woke up from that dream, and it was like, wow, that was just so wild. So maybe that's a screen dream, but the message I got from that was we cannot be afraid. So maybe that was working on my visceral reaction to the whole thing. Yeah, Because maybe so. ever since then I've had to expand my mind and, and think about it, and I still have that book. I, I just pulled it out the other day, Human by Day, Zeta by Night. And that still kind of is is hard for me to wrap my head around. But I'm getting used to that concept. And I think more and more people are. And so that's where we are today to answer your question about, you know, are people more into it? Because I think anyone who's listening to this conversation and everyone listening to your show is one of the ones who are here with a crucial role to play in helping all the others understand this. Absolutely. You're right on about that. Absolutely. You know, we've been on the air, I guess now seven years, 
And then, you know, when we first started, you could type in Starseed and nothing would come up on Google. But you type in Starseed now, and it's page after page after page. And what I'm telling my clients that are counselors, I say put Starseed in your heading because you'll start getting the Starseeds to come to you. And I get emails every day that tell me, oh, thank you so much for telling me that because now I'm booked two to three months in advance. That's what I'm hearing. Wow, that's cool. I'm going to use Starseed. Thank you for allowing me to recognize that within myself. I was told five years ago by a channel, Ray Chandran, he's a beautiful soul, he said, you will write a book on starseeds. And at the time I was like, oh, what the heck, right? I'm like, you're <laughs> kidding me, really? And then I'm like, what is a starseed? And then how do we know if we're starseeds? Or who is to say what is real? And now I've read books on starseeds. I'm bringing starseed people into my show you uh, you have awakened Arcturus Raw, Starseed Ambassador. And so now I realize that I've got Starseed markings. Yes, and you it's do. It's so cool. It's so cool. So now I'm going to own that. I haven't ever owned it. And I really know someone else said to me, you have to own your Pleiadian heritage. That was about three years ago. And I'm like, I'm Pleiadian. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it was real evident. Um, Looking at your chart, that you are Pleiadian, absolutely. Well, it's cool. So thank you for empowering us and everyone listening with starseed markings or star markings. Yes, let's let's use that. You know, a lot of times when I help people uh, in the Passion Matrix, what we do is we like we work with their dreams and their skills. Like some people are blending their 3D work and their skills and their talents and their knowledge. And they're scared to say, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, and I'm here in this uh, attorney field, but I also channel, and <laughs> I do healing sessions with people, and I'm going to keep that separate right now. And it's like, oh, no, 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 come out, come out wherever you are, and stand boldly with all of it. You know, even if you're a realtor and you're a healer, do it all together we don't have to separate ourselves anymore. That's the big word on the street now, too. Yeah. I know there was a friend of mine down in Florida. I, I told her, I said, start start putting your real estate office towards starseeds. Advertise for starseeds. And they started doing it and, and formed a whole starseed community. <laughs> I love it. Hey. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's why we so, live yeah, so Take your please. talents and just blend them into what who we are. And so many are just so shy to do that, you know? I mean, it, when I was a reporter, I remember I did a story on Lemuria. At the, this is only in hindsight that I saw that it was Lemuria. And when I was a journalist, there was a guy at the University of Guam, Marvin Goolsby, no longer with us on this planet, but he was heavy into this. He's like, you know, Melanesia is really where the people on these islands came from. And he went even deeper, and then he went into it. And I realized, oh, my gosh, later he was talking about Lemuria. But when I was a reporter, he was titled a crackpot. He was a professor at the university, but the news director who knew him from, you know, past experience said, Loren, stay off him, just don't touch that. So I could never do these stories, and when I would do the stories that touched my heart, like environmental stories, I had a story called Nature Watch, 
and I would do stories. I'd go to the marine lab with the scientists, and they would tell me all kinds of things that weren't so good for the developers on the island, and the developers were the same people who owned the television station. So every time we saw that Mercedes pull up to the television station, we knew someone was in trouble doing a story on something, and we were told not to do it. And there's been times when I was told to do a story that wasn't even a story. So anyway, I kind of got off track there, but um, I hope you got the point. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking at the time now, so um, if if you would, stay on the line. And my co-host, Arielle, she has the switchboard. Would you be willing to talk to people that want to talk to you? Oh, sure. Okay, great. So... Girlfriend, we'll talk later, and okay. I know that we're going to be talking, I think, this next Sunday. So uh, we'll yes. we'll be in touch during the week. So awesome. back to thank you, Ariel, And thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, at this time, if anyone who is listening um, on the switchboard, if you've already called in, and you have a question for Loren, um, you just need to press 1 so we know you want to come on the air. And you might have to try pressing it a couple of times um, because it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always take the first time. And if you're listening on the computer, then you'll need to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292. And then as soon as you get in, press 1, and we will bring you on the air with a, a question or comment for Loren. And... Um, while we are waiting to see if anyone does have any any questions, um, I just kind of wanted to ask you to um, talk a little bit more about um, situations where people have a 3D job and then they have their, their spiritual calling about blending those two. Because this is a huge topic. I mean, in my sessions when I'm talking to people, you know, it's like, well... Um, I do a job that I hate, but I, I'm really a healer. You know, exact <laughs> same know. scenario that you're talking about, and and it does. I mean, it's like um, okay, you've got you've got children to feed, you've got mortgage payments to make. Um, how to? I mean, is there a way to kind of um, you know stick a toe in at first and and have a smooth transition? Yes, absolutely. That is the way to do it, the way that I recommend to do it. And so it's important to remember that if if you are working in a 3D job, let's call it, but you're not happy, just to know that you're responsible for your vibration. So whatever you do, go ahead and do something that you love and do your job with love. So whatever you're doing, like if you, let's say you're um, – you know, if you're a house cleaner, just do that job with love. And then on the side, start to do what you love, and the money will follow. One example of this is I'll share a friend who um, has been, uh, we've, we've been chatting for years and getting her going on this. And, again, it involves belief systems. I find that um, what, always monitor your belief system. You're not too old. You're not without knowledge. You're not, um, you know, too young to do something. It's not too wacky. Those are all just belief systems that keep us from doing something. And so there's a belief system with some spiritual folks and healers that 
spirit gets angry if you charge money for the spirit work. Um, I still get sometimes people throwing stones saying, oh, it's all about the money. And it's like, no, there's ways that you can do things for free to bring people together. But then there's ways that you can be inspired to create revenue streams that support you. Remember, our energy with money is our game right now. Energy, money is just energy, and money is the prana of the earth plane for this moment as we're going through dimensional shifts. In the meantime of other um, currencies coming forward, we still have to have a good relationship with money. So there's tons of money exercises that I recommend to people that we do all along the way, as well as getting rid of belief systems that keep us from fully stepping into this pattern. But one of the things that we want to do is just start doing something. For me, that just start doing something was my Healing Conversations blog talk radio show. I knew I had to do it. I just started doing it. And then I asked, how do I monetize it? And then I was shown the signs, and I threw my arms up, not realizing, oh, my God. And then every time I'd say, how do I monetize my radio show? And I would see those same three people, the same three people that I saw months earlier, and I'd throw my arms up again and say, see, they're already doing it. And it took me a couple of times of seeing that before I realized, oh, this is the universe answering my question of how I monetize my passion. And so here's another example. A friend of mine... She just knows she's in California off the coast, and she knows she has to get people together on the boat. So she would just get boat rides together. She would go to the boat dock and get the boat, and then she'd charge everybody money to just pay the captain of the boat. She didn't take any margin for herself. But here she was gathering the people. She was doing ceremony. They were bringing food on the boat. They were... She was like the MC. She's moderating it, and she's getting people to sing and dance. And she she played a huge role, but she didn't create a system for people to give her money. So we talked about that, and then she realized, okay, if I just charge 11 extra dollars per person, and it was like there she goes for that one boat trip. It totally rewarded her, and it contributed to her family. And she did the same thing with with gatherings on the beach. She knew she had to do drumming circles on the beach. So those were free drumming circles. But then there, she'd bring together other people, and it was almost kind of like a fair where they would promote their ideas, and then some people would donate, and then those donations come to help support the group. So those are that's a fine example of do what you love. Start doing these groups. Start your events, your gatherings, your meetups locally, and then you'll be inspired on how to monetize it. And then what I love to do, I have to go full steam ahead. I have to just, I love the passion matrix. This is what we deal with a lot in in the workshop that I teach, really helping people identify everything. We do right brain exercises where we go into a state of meditation We go into the sacred chamber of our heart. We go up to the Akashic Record. We go into a past life, current life, what we loved as a child, and a future life of what we see ourselves doing. And we ask the Akashic Record to show us. That's very powerful. And then we do all of our skills. We look at what we did when we were children. Not only do we love playing with Barbie dolls, but I loved interviewing people. 
Other people love singing or being out in nature, and this is all part of it. It's all part of our matrix, stepping out of the 3D matrix where we give up our dreams to go work for someone else, to put a roof over our head, only to come home so tired that we have to veg out in front of the television and ignore our dream over and over and over again. So one of the things that people can do as well, there's a, this was given to me by Pila of Hawaii, who wrote uh, a beautiful book, the, the Mysteries of Hawaii, and he said if you spend 15 minutes before going to bed every night writing in your book, writing in a journal, and writing as if you were writing a book, if you have an aspiration to write a book, pretty soon in a year you'll have a whole novel the size of roots. So that's a really good technique, too, as you're blending. We just really need to blend. And um, we just need to speak. To, we need to begin taking this role on in our current job and speaking this in our current job. So um, in my job that I actually loathed, um, I literally walked in and um, no one would talk to me. <laughs> except for this one guy over in the corner. And we just started talking about Sasquatch and some phenomena like that, and that was really helpful. And you'd be surprised when we start talking like this, people now more than ever want to hear it. So if you are someone who knows this but you're still in a 3D job, start speaking it. So start speaking it, start bringing it forward. You're not going to be woo-woo. If you speak with a confidence in your voice, because you know what you know, that reflects out to people who are listening to you, and they will trust that. And so then you want to just start doing things more where you can monetize. Get your PayPal system set up, your PayPal account set up. Get your website set up and start attracting people to it. So there's a lot of uh, steps to take. There's also goals that we work with. Uh, in the passion matrix, I've got goals. I do a daily goal, which really is just a 20-minute meditation that allows you to calm your mind. And at the end of that session, simply ask, what do I need to know for my dream and my purpose for the highest good of all? So that's the daily goal. Then we have a weekly goal. What can we do three, what, what three simple things can we do this week to move ourselves forward? Three simple things. Three simple things would be like, okay, I just got home from my 3D job, but now I want to go research something like this. Sometimes it's like things we have to research to make ourselves uh, more equipped to step out on our own. Like what new skills do we need? Do we need to learn WordPress? Do we need to go hire people that know WordPress? Do we need to learn any other skills? Or do we just want to hire some folks that can take care of those skills for us? You know, we have to go learn a few more skills and just start doing that. Those are part of the three-week, or the, I'm sorry, the, the, the weekly goal. What we can do this week, three things, one foot in front of the other to move ourselves forward. And then I have a three-week goal. And the three-week goal tackles more of those larger learning curves. Say, for example, you've decided you're going to go learn how to do WordPress. Well, go take a course and go get that done. Right, So the three-week goal is something for a longer um, learning curve that you might need to undertake. Or if you're looking for people to help you, or if you want to get your website,
sign up. Those are more of the long-range goals, but it's within a three-week period. And then, of course, my favorite and the one that had the most impact for me was the six-week challenge because I found myself I could do these goals, but then I wanted a marker to see where I was. So I chose the number six, a derivative of three. It's a beautiful number. And every six weeks I marked my calendar. And every six weeks I would look back and see where I was. And there's nothing to do here. It was just a reflection on where you are and where you've come from. And I found that I got myself launched within three of those six-week challenges. So it was really beautiful. So that's oh, what that's I recommend. Great. For yeah. Um, your 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 phone connection has gotten a little weird. I, I, oh no! Oh yeah, yeah. It kind of sounds like you're talking through a fan. Um, so we have two callers with questions that I'd like to get to. Oh wait, I think it just cleared up. You say testing one two. Testing one two. Oh, yeah, it came back again. Um, okay, I'm gonna move. It, it's it's trying to clear up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you can. Uh, change positions, but you might have to call. You, you might have to call back in. Okay. It I happened once that. before earlier in the show when, um, but it was only like a, less than a minute, and it then it went away, and it was fine until just now. So. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah, I, I know. I know you're. You're very professional about sound, and so am I. So. Um, would you mind just uh, try to hang up and call right back? Um, you have the number nine one seven. I will do that. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Loren. Bye bye. Okay. Yeah, that. Um, I was hoping that that would just clear up, and like it did before, but um, it, it got to to be <laughs> kind of um, distracting. So um, Amber and Luann, I know you're both waiting, and, and as soon as um, Loren gets back in, uh, we will pick up for your calls. So I'm now, now I'm just um, scanning the uh, – oh, there she is. Okay. Okay, Hello. Loren? Okay. Yes, I hope oh, that's better. You sound like you again. <laughs> Good. I want to be me. I don't want to be a fan. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> So um, you are going to be talking to Luann first, and um, now we've got a third person uh, calling in with a question. So um, if if you could ask your question and, and kind of, you know, be brief about it, then we can get to everybody. So um, Luann, you're going to be first. Let me get your mic open. Okay, Luann, you are on the air with Loren. Go ahead with your question. Hi, good evening. Um, thank you all so much for doing the show. Uh, my question is, um, I've heard you talk a little bit but I'm about uh, busting up the beliefs, but I'm, I heard the Akashic Record and working with the inner child, which to me speaks about busting up the, the beliefs of lack. But I'm wondering if you could say just a little bit more about that, um, ways that you worked with that to bust them up. Yes, okay. For first I want to say that... Um, the belief systems literally are everything that hold us back. So anything like, for me, my belief system was I had to do it myself, right? If I see someone else doing it, they're already doing it and I can't do it. That was a belief system that literally held me back. So it's our own awareness. I call them the yeah buts. So anytime you find yourself saying, yeah, that's a good idea, but, 
that's your own belief system coming in saying, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that idea, but I have to go make money. I love mm-hmm. butterflies. Yes, I love butterflies, but how am I going to make money off that? That's a yeah, yeah. but. So the yeah, but, <clears throat> the yeah, but is what is the first indicator. So I would say once you become aware of the yeah, buts, then mm-hmm. 70% of the work that's 70% of the work. Then you can defuse it and deprogram it. And that's simply by by making a big, strong command to the universe that I, you know, you just have to do the opposite of what that yeah, but is. I am supported fully by the universe. I am a beacon and a shining light. I am living my soul's purpose. And I am supported Right, so if you can do that, that's great. And then, so that's like 10%. And then the other 20% is keeping an eye on that belief system if it creeps back in, because don't mm. let it. So that's really it. And it, it takes a variety of forms. A lot of them that I found personally was over money. A lot of mm-hmm. belief systems over money. So that's the big thing. You've got to really, you got to deprogram that BS. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's that's good. So what okay. is your dream? What is your passion? Oh, um, I'm an artist, and I, I struggle with a lot of yeah buts around art. Um, I'm getting I knew you myself. were an artist. I yeah. knew you were an artist. I love artists. Yeah. Do you, you realize how many platforms you can put your artwork on, from jewelry to furniture to clothing? Mm-hmm. To notepads? And nowadays, like if you're, there's like photography, if someone loves photography, uh, no matter what age, it could be an encore career for someone, there are all these websites that you can go and sell your photographs and your videos on and your artwork. Yeah, That's good. I. I've got a cousin who keeps telling me just get a blog page because I I have a lot of art I did a few years ago with um, some of that light language you were talking about a a little while ago. So I've been thinking about that, so i got to get the yabots out of the way. Oh, my goodness. That is so wonderful. You can do personal light language for people. That has this whole – that's a whole realm that's going to come even Hmm. more into our world as people understand thank you. it. Yeah. You could even write a thank book you for on the, it. <laughs> well, thank you for the synchronicity because I'm going to a Starseed conference this weekend and I was thinking about doing that for uh, just gifting a couple people that are going to be there with um, that uh, small card with bringing the light language in and the card. So you just confirmed that that was confirmation. Yay. Thank you. I love it. I love thank you. artists. You know, one thing I know about artists because I worked in that promotional products business for some years, mm-hmm. and we would deal with artists that put their artwork on tote bags and things like that, and, or even make mm-hmm. it into like nice embroidery. And artists are perfectionists, and so sometimes yeah. that's in the way, and it's hard to make decisions. So just be aware of that and just go forward. I love to say one foot in front of the other. If you use yeah. those goals the daily goal, meditation with yourself, the single most important meeting of the day, and you ask, mm-hmm. shown, and then the weekly goal, three things, <laughs> three small, small things that you can do, researching, 
usually it's research. And then the, the three-week goal to, do a, uh, uh, to go forward and get a learning curve out of the way, and then your six-week mm-hmm. challenge, you'll get there. You will. Good. And give Good. your passion matrix. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And I'll step out of the way so somebody else has time for questions. But I, I thank you all very much for this show. I've taken a lot with me tonight. It's been a, it's been a great show. Thank you. Thanks, Luann. You are quite Bye. welcome. Thank you so much for calling, Luann. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. Okay. Um, next we are going to talk to Amber. Oh, where'd you go? Okay, there you are. Okay. All right, Amber, you are on the air with Loren. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. I actually wanted to add to what you were saying earlier about thought patterns. I'm pretty young. I was born in 93, and I noticed, like, working, like, my thought patterns leaked into many other areas of my life and even into my passion work. And I had to have a hard look at myself really notice I wasn't committing to this dimension in life like I'm, I'm like a number one too like an indigo and I was born at five years old knowing my previous lives and my life path and I was gonna do a, I was like a little five-year-old girl being like I'm gonna write all these books and I have a clairvoyant kingdom and but I was strangling my life by using my thoughts and I was just realizing it won't come if I keep doing that. So I've been working on not doing that and committing to the calendar dates and actually living my life and not being up in the clouds all the time. I just wanted to add that. Beautiful. One of the things I'd like to tell everyone is um, figure out your soul number, your, your destiny number, your career path. It's all one and the same. And so what I want you to do is to take your birthday and reduce it down to a single digit. So you said you were born in 1993, right? Yeah, I was born on the first of the month, and I'm actually a life path number five with, uh, I forgot, (laughs) my destiny number is six, and those are two conflicting numbers, so it's kind of funny. Well, not really, because they they transgress. Um, they go, they progress from one to the next. So, okay, so 1993, what, what is the actual date, the month and the date of your birthday? Uh, September 1st, 1993. You are a five. So fives are all about adventure. Fives are all about change and sensuality, and you're not doing it in the norm, right? It's halfway between one and nine, and so you are here to you know, do a lot of great things, do it differently than the past. And so it's really fun because, you know, careers for fives are like, you know, gosh, writers, teachers, salespeople, ad execs, publishers, all of that stuff because you're communicating TV or radio, even an actor, a consultant, um, even, even a psychology teacher, right? Teachers, it's all all of those types of work. So just know that about yourself. And uh, that, so that's good to know is to see, you know, what your number is because we're all different. I, like I said, I'm a one. And once I learned that about myself, it's like no wonder I can't work for anyone else. I will not work for anybody else. <laughs> I totally relate to you. I'm like boiling 
sometimes when I go into work, I'm like, I'm amazing. God damn it. People don't say that because they're so quiet and funny. So um, what do you want to do then? Did I answer your, I don't know if I even answered your question. I might have gotten off track there. I just wanted to add to what you were saying about limiting thought patterns. Right, and you said that too. You go, I want to do this, but, and so your but, like you want to do the writing <clears throat> and all of that stuff, but we stop ourselves. Yeah, the, yeah, the, all the, I, I like, it's just different because I have so much. Usually people are like, where do I start? But I'm like, I spent most of my teens making all the stories, which is funny. You did? So you have all these stories made? Oh, yeah, I have seven stories, but they need to be transferred into physical form. The original copies are really cool. They're kind of like the Harry Potter books where they move and stuff. Oh, my goodness, girlfriend. Do you know how easy it is now to get an Amazon account and to get your books e-published and do it yourself? And so maybe that's one of the things that you want to do one foot in front of the other with yourself is do you have that desire to get these books out there then? I'm I'm thinking that's a big yes. Yeah, because it's, like, not just me. It's also, like, you know, my spirit guides actually have a dark past, and I'm part of that dark past. So it's, like, their story and the entire planet's story and my story and everyone's story. One foot in front of the other. Uh, if you have to hire, you know, you can – so what you need is so these are handwritten notes that you've got to trans you got to get them into written uh, computer form, right? Uh yeah, I'm I wrote one book, but it just needs to be cleaned and I got to get an editor cuz I'm actually limited in my my brain doesn't work well with English, but I I'm very good with images and passion and characters and stuff like that. And All of those and are artists Yep, they're all fixable and they're all doable. So I would say one foot in the other for you is just to start getting that book out there. Do something. Maybe you could go to Craigslist and you could hire someone or you yourself. You know, I hear from people who channel books that they've never even had to edit it, that they sat down to channel. So maybe you're at a point right now, if you were to sit with that book and just retype it into your computer then you can send it to someone who could put it into, you know, the format for EPUB. It's just a simple PDF. You could even do that yourself, and you can get that out there. Um, But there are people that can help you. So those are some of the people that you want to research, right? You want to research EPUB, um, and those are like the weekly goals. So you just do little things that start to move you forward on it, and then pretty soon that book will be published. And then your next book. Oh, you know what I'm planning? Um, When I publish the book or the books, I do art. So I'm going to have like a gallery where I can like do readings, like have an art show and a reading show. And there could be an openness discussion about other worlds and stuff. Yay. You know what? I often love the phrase where I say, you are too busy to work for the man. You're too busy building your own stuff, right? You're you're too busy. You got to dream your dream. So, that's awesome. So, just one foot in front of the other. I love that phrase too. And dream it big and do it and just start doing that. Start having the gatherings. Then you'll have inspiration of ways you can monetize it. Again, we just do what we love first. 
It's like shifting our paradigm. We know what we need to do. We know that we love our artwork and we want to have a gathering. We want to do readings. And so we just must do that. And we will be inspired on how the funds will come in. We just have to get out of our own way to allow that inspiration to be received. Yeah, I agree with you. I had to go a long way to figure that out. <laughs> Yay, I know. So let's uh, let's see those books out to the public. That's awesome, girl. Go for it. Oh, thank you. you are a writer. That's the five in you. And do you realize since you probably love travel, too, because you are a oh, writer. Oh, totally. Oh, my God. My last job before I was born, I used to go to other dimensions, and it was kind of like a police officer. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, and you can blend this. You can do sacred site tours, or you could just go travel, and you could get jobs writing because you love to travel. These are just aspects of you that you can call in when we're starting to do what we love. There's multiple streams of income, and one might fall away after a while. Like when I started, I was a voiceover. I started with a voiceover website. <clears throat> and then I uh, had people come to me, and then I was a voiceover agent, and then that just slowly faded away as my attention went to really what my bigger dream was. So I'm saying that just to say that there may be multiple streams of income to support you and what you love. Like I also love working out, and so I taught aerobics for 22 years, and I was an aerobics instructor for 22 years, and then slowly that faded away. So... We will be shown revenue streams, and there may be multiple to start out with, but we hone it, and, and it gets better, and it, it, it truly is freedom if we can do that. So that's my mission, to help everyone really monetize their passion. Yeah, because that's the ultimate dream, you know. The ultimate. It's your dream. It's what you're here to do. And we have a lot of people to assist in this great transition. Awesome thoughts. Yay. Well, well Amber, Amber, luck with that. Good, good, good luck. Thank you. And thanks for calling in, Amber. Nice to hear from you. No problem. So, bye-bye. <laughs> and... Um, we have we have one more one more quest one more caller with a question, but um, are you familiar with Satyama, the publisher? No. There, um, um, the the there's a, two sisters that own a publishing company and they specialize in the more metaphysical. Um, um, brand new writers they help you through and do editing and and help you with marketing and promotion and um if if your book would be accepted by mainstream then they wouldn't be interested they want the people who, <laughs> who are not mainstream so Yay. and and any any time i have a, a client that is has some you know is a writer i always am steer them to satyama s a t i a m a and .com, and um, yeah, we've we've referred uh, several writers that are actually now working with them, and they can help you through the, the uh, because they do this you know full time, so yeah. they have a lot of 
a lot of resources that they can help people with. And and you're welcome to pass that on as well to anybody um, that that you're working with because they're just really a a, a fine group of highly conscious, heart centered publishers looking beautiful. For, Isn't that great? So the, there are solutions, right? There are people standing oh, yeah. in the wings yeah. to Absolutely. help with the editing and you know, the illustrations and all of it. So we just have to take that action to start meeting it halfway. Right. Beautiful. Right. Great. I love that. So we have one last caller and, and this will be the last one we have time for. And um not sure how to pronounce your name. Is it um Ashia? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well great. You are on the air with Loren, so go ahead with your question. Okay. Hi, Miss Loren. Um Hi Ashia. Well, my question is, um, like how do you what what like what's my passion? Like I think I know what it is, but like I'm to okay, so you have trouble identifying what your passion is, right? Yes, ma'am. See, this is the first part of the course that I teach. It's all about identifying that passion because so often we've been programmed so deeply by the matrix and the 3D paradigm that we lose sight of our passion. And so mm-hmm. what I encourage you to do is to remember it's a, it, this our inner child is the greatest gift that we can tap into. Oftentimes, depending on our childhood, our inner child is still hurt and sad and maybe needing our attention. And so Mm -hmm. that's really important to feel that inner child within yourself. But on Mm -hmm. the flip side, that inner child indeed knows what you loved to do. And so we go into meditation And we get into the heart space. So Mm -hmm. I invite you later tonight and anyone Mm -hmm. listening who doesn't know their passion to just simply come back into the heart, spend a few minutes in that heart center. You can even see it as a sacred temple in your heart Mm -hmm. and hang out and what that feels like. like. And then you call on what you did when you were eight years old. See yourself Mm -hmm. as that eight-year-old, strong, confident young girl, that girl who knew who she was, that girl who let no one come in and trample over her dreams, right? There is a beautiful book called Reviving Ophelia, Mm -hmm. and this is a book for all women, especially mothers of teenage girls, because this book shows where we lost that sense of connection within ourselves, and it usually happens around the teenage years, the puberty years. When we start Mm -hmm. to hear boys or someone outside of us make a comment about our bosom or our butts, (laughs) right? The the first time we hear an outside, we're kind of like angry. We're either angry or we're like, oh, I got to change, or then we lose that sense of ourself. So Mm -hmm. it's important for you to go back to that eight-year-old Ashia, the eight-year-old well, no, I mean, I mean, I know my passion, but I meant, like, I'm confused. Like, I know my passion is to help people, you know, like, being in the medical field or whatever, um, because um, I was born with, you know, heart, congenital heart disease, and I just wanted to work with kids 
people are usually scared mm. and let them know, like, I made it, you can make it, you know. But I'm confused yeah. on if I want to do phlebotomy or radiology tech. Okay, or it may even expand into a naturalistic, holistic, metaphysical, quantum physic realm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think the one one thing that we have to do, I'm going to give you two suggestions, and this is for everybody. Okay. Um, we must shift our why we do something. We're not going to do it for the money anymore. The money will follow, bigger mm-hmm. than we could ever imagine, but we're not making a decision on our career for money anymore. We're mm-hmm. not going to say, I'm going to go into radiology over here because it's more money. Mm-hmm. So just know this about yourself. Now, you may have skills and talents that are giving you work right now or will give you work in the future in this line, but mm-hmm. you are going to build a passion matrix. Everyone can build their passion matrix. So bring out a big uh, notebook. And, again, I like to use a big one because I like to take up a lot of space on any area of this piece of paper. And it could start with a, a napkin. It can start with the back of an envelope. But you have to start your own passion matrix. So on one area of it, write down, okay, I call this the left brain exercise. The left brain exercise is everything that you got awarded at when you were in a school, everything you excelled at in school, uh, scholarships, awards, um, things, job promotions, things you were uh, recognized on the job of doing, like people said, wow, you're really good with this, all of that stuff. Um, When you won Mm -hmm. events, whether it's a blue ribbon for the high jump or whatever, right, all of this Mm -hmm. goes on there. Don't put any judgment on what goes on there or not because we're doing what we're really good at, and every talent and every passion and every skill is going to start to appear on this sheet. And then on another area of that page, write like what you love to do. And this is a meditation in your heart, and you look back at everything that you love, and it will take you to that eight-year-old beautiful girl that you were and still are. And this could be, I love butterflies, I love nature, I love children, I love swinging on swings, right? All of it. Don't put any judgment on what goes on there. And then we also, you know, I think I mentioned a meditation to the Akashic Record where you can ask to be shown a past life where you were living your passion, and you can write down that, and you can do the mm-hmm. same for a future life, and again, with that inner child. Then well, what you're going to do, what you do with this matrix you, or this big mm-hmm. piece of paper is you're going to be able to see, once you've written it down, you mm-hmm. will be able to see. Sometimes it takes another person to reflect back to you some ideas for this. This is what we do in our group session is we look mm-hmm. at someone's matrix, their passion matrix, and everyone comes up with ideas. Um, like people love nature and doing readings and photography and travel and tours. Then we come up with all sorts of ideas that you can start to put one foot in front of the other. So that's my recommendation for you, and allow that mm-hmm. to expand and grow into it, right? So right now you might think that your passion is, you know, one of those two areas that you mentioned, but it might even expand further than you think, like with some mm-hmm. of the quantum medication. But definitely your story is part of it. 
So mm-hmm. put that in there as well. Right. Oh, okay. So okay. um are you, so tell me your age. Um or thirty. Your birthday. Let's find out your soul path number. Okay, my birthday is um two three nineteen eighty seven. February third, nineteen eighty seven. Well, uh, Lavendar was right where she's got the young generation, young generation coming out. Uh, Let's see. So you are a three, my dear. You are Mm -hmm. a three. And a three is very creative. You are now expressing both the male and the female. So things that are very creative for you, whether it's in material or artistic Threes are very creative. So You're right. I am creative because I used to, like, make candles, and it looks like food. A lot of people used to want me to make them for them, but I stopped because I just, I got, you know how I used to love something, and I was like, oh, I don't like it no more? Then I used to draw, and then I was like, I don't like that no more. But, yeah. I well, okay, so that's still going to be part of your passion matrix. It will come up. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you have to be the drawer or that mm-hmm. you have to stuck in that mundane job because again we can hire people to do these things for us but that mm-hmm. is part of you it's part of who you are your fabric so right. that will come down maybe you will evolve that candle making into spiritual or something like with crystals or something totally new mm-hmm. but again this comes from looking at your chart once you mm-hmm. chart it out once you write it all out and scope it all out you can say, wow, that would be cool to do this. Maybe it's something with animals and candles. I don't know. We have to, like, look at your own passion matrix to come up with all these brainstorming ideas. But you will come up with ideas just by looking at it, too. So, yeah, a three, you know what, because, you know, the one is a pioneer and it's very masculine. The two is feminine and it kind of hangs back. But a three is moving away from that, stepping out on its own to really be creative And so Mm -hmm. anything, whether it's art or musician, even nurses, and again, writers, Mm -hmm. entertainers, even judges, lawyers, and coaches, and teachers, but Mm -hmm. self-expression is where your happiness and best work is going to come from. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay. Beautiful, girly. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. You were so right, though. Good. And thank you guys for the chance to ask the question. Y'all have a good one. Yay. Thank you for living your passion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. It's nice to hear from you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we we only have a a couple of minutes here, and... um, I just have to tell you really quickly, because you keep saying one foot in front of the other, just two days Mm -hmm. ago, I went for a walk, and I went a little too far, you know, from home, and I had this big, long walk through the woods to get back, and it's like, oh, man, just put one foot in front of the other, and I just kept saying (laughs) that all the way home, and you keep saying that, like, I wonder if I was tapping into the show ahead of time. But I don't usually say that, just put one foot in front of the other, because I was really kind of uh, dreading the walk home. It's like, okay, one foot in front of the other, you'll get there. Because it takes, it, takes the it takes the mountain and puts it into little bite-sized pieces. 
yeah, so you just put just take it one does. step. Anybody can yeah. just take one step. You know, and then you take the next one. So that that's mm-hmm. that was like a code that that's going to keep repeating. And um, just before I sign off here, um, your w- website again is AcousticHealth.com. Your um, archives of your radio show, Healing Conversations, is also on that website. And your webinars, tell people how to, uh, they just go to the website and, and all the contact information and sign up is all there. Oh, yeah, there's lots of goodies there. You can sign up for the Quantum Conversations. These are healers. And actually, I'd like to invite starseeds who are ready to step out to contact me if you'd like to be on my show. It's a beautiful platform for all sorts of things. So not only can you learn about lots of interesting topics, but you can also maybe even be a speaker on the show. So that's cool. And then there's um, the workshop to the Enlightened Entrepreneurs, Monetize Your Passion. I'm actually going to change that so it's a course for starseeds. Thanks to Lavendar for waking me up to my own star markings. So, um, yeah, that's it. And then there's events. So it's a lot of good stuff, lots of information there and videos. So thank you if you're into that for checking out that website. Well, great. Loren, this has just been such a wonderful show, and I always say that when the time flies by like it has, that's the mark of a really good guest. So we certainly appreciate your sharing yourself, your knowledge, your beautiful open heart with our audience and all that you have brought to the table uh, because there is nothing there is nothing in, in, in the starseed rules that say you have to suffer. <laughs> Nothing. Hell and no. It's just, self Im- it's just <laughs> self-imposed. So yeah, no one has to um, to suffer in order to get to their um, to their mission. Doesn't it's if you're suffering, you're off course. That's my right. My hit no, I can look back yeah. in hindsight and see that um, you know if something just was not right, then it's not right. It's not in alignment. So right, and so we're just here for this. We're here to live boldly through our passion and express it because that is how we express our love. So thank you so much for allowing me to be here and share my own experience on that. Well, you are so welcome, and we would look forward to having you come back because I know you've got an awful lot to offer, and I love what you're doing and the way that you're helping people and just your own your persona is, is just dripping with unconditional love and thank you for projecting that it really it really shows oh so well, that's with, cool. thank you <laughs> you're so welcome and with that um we're going to sign off now i want to thank you all for listening to starseed radio academy make sure you check out loren's website acoustichealth.com and we will be back next week with another great guest and until then remember every day to look at all you have in blessings and be grateful for that. And that will plant the seeds for more. So until then, everyone take care. Thanks so much for listening. Good night. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 